You're listening to The Girl Dad Show. Welcome to Season 3 of The Girl Dad Show, where we explore the intersection of parenthood and entrepreneurial spirit. Join me and some incredible guests as we share tips and tricks for finding work-life balance and making a positive impact not only on the world, but also our families. Let's create a fulfilling life together. It's The Girl Dad Show, Season 3. Sam, what's going on, man? Thank you so much for joining me on my show today. Dude, thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I'm super, super excited to introduce you to the listeners because you are definitely working on something that is very, very near and dear to my heart. So let's just jump right in. Why don't you tell everyone what you do for a living? Uh, Yes, so I own a company called Theory Coffee Roasters. um, And we are, we started off as a uh, coffee roasting company, but we've uh, since added uh, a few cafes. We're working on our fourth cafe right now. And uh, we own a bakery, uh, you know, wholesale coffee roastery, and uh, four cafes. So uh, that's how I spend my time running, uh, running all of those simultaneously. Yeah, you got to break down your origin story, though, because I love how you got into coffee. It's, it's such a great story. Do you mind sharing a little bit about how you st- got into this journey? Because you, you, you have a very uh, diverse background. Yeah, I've done I've done a lot of things. Uh, I call it my gathering season. I was just gathering. I didn't know what I was gathering for, but uh, it all kind of culminated in coffee. So, um, yeah, I, I I grew up around coffee. I remember just you know my grandpa. I mean, I have some really fun memories of waking up in the middle of the night, uh, spending spending the night at my grandpa's house, and just coming downstairs. He was a farmer. So I'd find him, you know, three, four a.m. getting ready for his work day, just with a cup of coffee, rocking on the, uh, he had a, a reclining couch. So he was just like the chill before the day got started. Um, and you know, fast forward to uh, a trip my dad took to Guatemala. He came back with uh, some green coffee that he had bought at an open air market, and he brought brought it back for me as a gift and. Neither of us knew what to do with it, so we thought, well, you roasted chicken in the oven, you might as well try roasting coffee in the oven. So we spread the coffee out on a, a baking sheet and put it in the oven, turned the oven up to high, whatever that was, <laughs> uh, and proceeded to try and roast this coffee. Sounds but like a horrible idea already. It was a bad idea because uh, <laughs> we, you know we were, we were unaware that uh, one of the byproducts of roasting coffee was uh, a whole lot of smoke. So, you know, when we o- opened the opened the oven to check out the coffee, the smoke just came billowing out, and uh, you know, flooded the entire house. The fire alarms going off, and <laughs> we're running around trying to open the windows and the doors to get the smoke out. But it was that moment that you know it was like, well, if that's not how you do it, how do you do it? And so that really, I, I, I pinpoint that as the moment that just, just sent me down the rabbit hole. So, you know, started doing some home roasting after that, just for friends and family and my own personal consumption. And slowly over time, uh, as I got a little bit better at that and started getting some positive feedback, uh, you know, it just kept me going. So here we are now. Um, How did that yeah. coffee taste? Did you try any of it? Uh, yeah, we tried it. it. You know, it was uh, it was just really dark. Like, oh, it was over overdone. Yeah, it was over roasted. I like dark coffee, and it was it was too dark. It was like it was like I, we 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 just pushed it too far. It ended up being pretty tasted like charcoal. 
<laughs> I, eventually i got better at roasting that coffee so i had full 10 pounds of it and we got some good we got some good coffees out of that that particular oh, nice. batch but it took did me you, took me a few goes yeah and then did you when you started researching it did you start to uh, get the proper machinery and roastery roasters for that or did you still do it in your oven uh no i i i, I went from the oven to a hot air popcorn popper. So like one of those, you know, the ones that have the spout where the pop popcorn <laughs> billows out of it, you know? Well, it, it, you know, it swirls the coffee around in there and just roasts it with hot air. And so, you know, that was a, that was a fun little, I mean, I honestly it was all, it all was part of the, the process, but like, you know, there's a one particular hot air popcorn popper that, you know, the, the home roasting world endorses as a good, uh, a good model because it's just the right amount of heat and the right amount of air. The one I had roasted it super fast. So I was getting like roasted on the outside, but the inside was still green. And so then I would have to like get a really long extension cord to kind of like tone down the amount of electricity that was going to the, to the <laughs> popcorn popper. I would unplug it and plug it in and unplug it and plug it in just to try and get like really good roasts. <laughs> super crude method. Um, you know, so, so I, I graduated from that to a barbecue grill. So a friend of mine had converted a barbecue grill into a coffee roaster. So you had this like stainless steel drum that you would put the green oh. coffee in and then it would spin on the, on the oh, you put grill, a like a, like a yeah. rotisserie kind of, we had a high, yeah. a more high powered motor. Uh, so I went from roasting a third of a cup. Uh, of coffee so if you can imagine a third of a cup on a yeah. hot air popcorn popper so on the grill i could roast eight pounds of coffee so that was like that was kind of a game changer but still very crude very crude method yeah i don't roast i don't roast at a barbecue grill anymore if anyone's watching this and is curious about trying our coffee <laughs> well I, I i'm assuming everyone will realize that there's more to the story and i just love i love the origin story because it's so funny and it's so amazing that you must have loved it so much for you to push through that um that process and 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 experience because you know doing it with all these little machineries uh that aren't meant for it you know you're like makeshifting it as you go and um, and failing as you go and, and just to persevere must mean that you really loved it. Yeah. It was a little bit of that. There's a little bit of naivety going on. Like on, honestly, when I was roasted on the barbecue grill, I would, if I, if I would have walked in and into a coffee shop and seen an actual coffee roaster, I don't know if I'd have been able to tell you what it was. I was just, oh, you know, I was just doing my <laughs> thing a little, you know, I just following the next, you know, the le next little morsel along the way. So. And that is that how you is that how you've uh, been treating uh, treating your um, business and life as so far is just kind of like what's the problem in front of me and solve for it? Yeah, you know, I I started using the phrase like, you know, put the put the cart before the horse and then let the horse catch up. So yeah. that's that's my that has I mean that's the methodology that got me going. It doesn't necessarily work as well now. Uh, but I still do that a lot. So I'm not, I'm not the type of guy that needs everything to be perfect before the, before the thing gets launched. Yeah. You know, I'm like, just yeah. let's get it out there and then we'll, we'll, you know, we'll tweak it along the way. And, you know, coffee's such a, you know, kind of an art artisanal product that people actually enjoy being along for the journey. You know, they like to watch you, they like to watch the improvements as, as they come. And, 
Uh, and so we've, you know, we haven't been scared to, you know, be a little bit early on, on things and, and then let, let things, you know, let our processes or whatever catch up to, to the launch. So. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And I, I, um, I have a couple questions about, um, a couple of things that you just commented about alluding to how you used to be like that. And now it sounds like you're turning a new leaf, which I'm very curious about, but. Uh, before we jump from that, can you share like where you're at now with your coffee company? What are the big things that you're working on now? Yeah, the big things that we're working on now, we are opening our fourth shop, which really is the end of our first growth move. So, you know, we wanted to have uh, we wanted to have five shops in five years. We're we're gonna hit four shops in five years. So, you know, we're we're pretty close. Um, we're gonna be opening this next shop just a little less than a year uh after we opened our last shop so we're on pace to do we're doing about a, a shop a year right now so the next the next thing we have to do after that is we get that stabilized we also are simultaneously are working on a growth plan for the next uh season of theory coffee so you, know, you and i are working on that together um and uh, we've just finished building out, you know, a model to model out the different scenarios uh, that will help inform how we grow. And so I think, you know, we've we've all landed in a, you know, pretty unanimous decision. We still have to flesh some of that out, but uh, there's definitely more growth on the horizon. So yeah, I'm, ha- I'm having a super fun time, you know, growing and figuring out like, uh, you know, just how to do, how to do the next thing and how to, how to grow, um, you know, culture is so important here at theory. I was having dinner with friends last night and they were like, or two nights ago. And they were like, it's just like when they walk into different coffee shops, they're like, it is just amazing what y'all have built with your team. Like your team just seems so kind and outgoing and friendly. Like they actually love doing what they're doing and they love working together and, they love serving us because they're, you know, they, my friends are also our customers. And so, you know, grow, growing at the, hey, you know, whatever pace we grow at, we, you know, just really trying to crack the code on not outpacing culture, you know, how to, how to let culture um, be the driving factor of how fast we can, we can grow. And so I feel like we're in a good place with our culture right now. So it feels it feels good to be able to to push on growth again. Yeah, that's really interesting. I love that you brought that in because you're obviously very passionate about the product so much so that you recently won some awards, right? Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you hear a little bit about that? Yeah, we just um, we've been competing in uh, it's called the Golden Bean Coffee Roasting Competition. It's the nation's largest coffee roasting competition, and there's a couple different competitions that we compete in. And I'll share a little bit about the other one, but this competition's a fun one because uh, uh, there are all the coffee roasters that show up to this competition are bringing their very best coffee. So the the best coffee. So there's a bit of like, how good are you at creating relationships in the uh, with producers and in the the, the you know the coffee uh, importing world, uh, and then how how well do you do at roasting that coffee? So there's, there's a bit of like sourcing and roasting involved in this competition. And so we actually, you know, did really well this year and we won our entire category. So 
you can win individual medals for your coffees, which we won individual medals for every coffee that we entered. But, you know, you can also win the overall trophy in your category. And so we won the overall trophy, which means we were basically best in show uh, for our, uh, the category we entered, which was small chain, uh, small chain franchise category, kind of lump it into one. So awesome. we were going up against some some big players, some people that have won, you know, multiple times. Uh, you know, they have some of them have three peats under their belts. You know, so it was just a fun fun year to walk yeah. around with that trophy. Heck yeah, that's awesome! Yeah. congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's 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 amazing, and the coffees are they're yeah. they're like some of the best coffees I've ever I've, we've ever had and we've ever roasted. They're de- they're delicious. So. Is it different than the current batch that you had? Did you have like a show coffee that you took with you, or is it part of your current lineup? Yeah, they're currently um, available. So you can you know if you come into our shops, you can taste them. If you you know want to want to buy some online, if you're not local to Reading, you know we yeah. ship all over the all over the U.S. But we have one coffee that's a. Um, it's a Colombian coffee that was so all all coffee goes through a fermentation process more or less uh, more or less all coffee does and so the fermentation process that this producer used was to introduce koji spores uh, to the to the coffee during the fermentation process and koji is used to ferment sake and so it has like this it has a sake flavor to it mm. as well as some coffee flavors to it so it's just this i've never experienced anything like it it's just a wild adventurous um coffee so so that's a that's a super fun one yeah i um i remember getting your coffee um earlier this year and it was amazing it was so like so so many tones and there's so many yeah. like things going on and it was um very very sophisticated it was very cool a lot a lot of flavors in your coffee yeah good i'm glad that you describe it like that that's one of the things we're after when we're sourcing coffees like coffees can be scored like wines can you know on a scale of zero to 100 yeah and we're always looking for really high scoring coffees um but one of the things which you're you're getting at and you're saying it in your in your language which is which is great is complexity and that's discernible layers of flavor like the flavors. So when you can taste multiple things happening in the coffee, you might not even be able to articulate what those things are, but you know, like, Hey, there, there's a lot going on in this coffee. That's, uh, that those are the coffees that get us really excited. So, uh, coffees with a high level of, uh, flavor complexity. It's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. I love it. And I could talk to you about coffee all day. Cause yeah. you know, I'm yeah, a yeah. huge fan of coffee and, um, I love everything about coffee and, um, uh, and yours is really good. It's real. Well, thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. This episode of The Girl Dad Show is brought to you by Owners Club. As a business owner myself, I know firsthand how challenging the journey can be. Whether it's having someone that I can ask a very tactical question to or just being able to share my big successes without guilt. Building a business is a lonely journey and it does not have to be. After building and coaching dozens of businesses to success, there is one insight that is so obvious and simple yet hard to execute. And that is network equals net worth. And so if you're a growth-minded, supportive, smart, and hardworking business owner looking for a community of like-minded entrepreneurs to build with, look no further than the Owners Club. You will make lifelong friends and build your business that works for you. 
You can learn more online at owners.club. <laughs> so anyways, let's switch gears for just a little bit. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your uh, family and kids. Yeah, I have a wife named Rebecca. Uh, we just celebrated our 19th anniversary uh, Wow! on the 28th of this month, so or last month. Congratulations. So just three days ago. 19 years? Yeah. Thank you. And then, I'm, and then we have, yeah, we have three kids together. So um, uh, our oldest is uh, fifteen. It has two girls. Two, the two girls are the oldest. The the son is the youngest. So uh, two girls, fifteen and thirteen, and then my son is twelve years old. So three fun, fun kids, teenagers. Yeah, the the twelve year old is the is the outlier. He's uh, he'll be thirteen and. Uh, next February, so we'll have yeah. all teenagers. That's and exciting, man. Tell yeah. me, what should I be looking forward to uh, as I have a four- and six-year-old? Uh, what is it like to have teenagers? What's the major difference in that decade? You know, there you get so many different perspectives on yeah. teenagers. You have so many parents that are like, oh, teenagers are the worst. It's like, well, it doesn't have to be that way, you know. I, I actually, I mean, yeah, there's more emotions involved, that's for sure. But I have so much fun with our kids right now. Like, this is probably my favorite, you know, season. They have just, uh, you know, they're playing sports and they're developing all this, like, all there's, you know, individuality, this personality. Uh, and it's just super fun to be able to meet them where they're at and, just create connection points around, you know, what's fun and interesting to them and, you know, figure out a way to make it, if it's not, you know, naturally interesting to me, like figure out something that is interesting about what they're doing, uh, that we can connect on. So it's just, it's just fun because they have, you know, they're, they're becoming, you know, deeper, uh, emotionally as humans. And so, uh, just having some really great, like, you know, shared time where, you know, you figure out how to be able to engage them at a deeper level than just like, how is school? You know, what are you doing? How's sports? You know, like, how are you, how is your heart? Like what, what's going on in your world? Like, are you having any problems with friends? Are you having any friends that are treating you well? Just being able to engage them and ask them deeper questions and just let them, you know, just let them, you know, you know, become, I don't know, just, just deeper human beings, more thoughtful, more empathetic, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's actually very telling what questions you're now asking. That's very interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'm actually looking forward to that as well, too, because, you know, I love being a dad at this age. It's super fun, and it's highly, you know, um, reactive and engaging, and, you know, you you play tickle, and then they laugh. And, you know, like It's, like, very <laughs> yeah. simple and straightforward, right? Yeah, but you know, at the same time, I am looking forward to having a more complex conversation with them and really understanding like how to talk to them about values and characters yeah. and and helping them define what that looks like. And that's a really that's a really good thing to look forward to. What's the hard part? You got to have something that's hard for me here. Oh, uh, you know, I think I think the hard part is like I was mentioning. Yeah, you know, emotions start to start to also get amplified, and so you know, allowing them to process through those emotions and figuring out how to help them do that in a healthy way without, you know, just, you know, just making them, you know, stoic people. Um, nothing wrong with stoicism, but it's like, you know, you, 
we want them to be able to feel deeply, uh, but also, you know, be able to figure out how to, to rein that in after a period of time and be able to use it and channel that in a really healthy way. So uh, just working through all of the heightened emotions and, you know, you, I don't know if you were like this, you know, in late junior high or high school, but everything just feels so intense, you know, mm-hmm. if somebody says something or if somebody does something or, or, you know, yeah. It's all, it all just feels amplified. So being able to, you know, identify with that and, and make, make sure that they know, you know, that it's okay for them to feel that way, but also process through that and get to a healthy place on the other side of it. I think that's probably the most challenging overall. I do remember that. And it's like, it's so funny how viscerally I remember that, right? Like there's this expectation or pressure to like, um, be perceived a certain way or like you just didn't want to mess up or there's like so much social pressure. And I think like that's yeah. just like a part of growing up. And it's like so funny to think about my kids going through that in the next 10 or 15 years, because I'm going to my 25 reunion this year and mm-hmm. I honestly can't wait. Like, I'm like, I'm so excited. Cause I'm like, I, I guess I just don't even care. Like it doesn't yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. And I think that's part of growing up. Right. Is that like you, um, you just don't care anymore. You know, like, that, that sounds terrible. No, no, it's such a good place. I I think yeah. it's so important to get to the point where it's like I'm just doing me, you know. Yeah, and you right. can for whatever opinions you want, but I yeah. I'm good <laughs> either yeah. way. Yeah, I had a I have a I have a mentor uh, who's uh well you know wiser and more experienced than me, and he and he told me uh, when I told him this story about how like it's fun, you know this stage of my life where I'm starting to realize that I don't, I don't really care anymore about like what people think about me and it's allowing me to be happier and more free. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, is this part of growing up? And and he looks at me and he goes, when you actually grow up, you'll realize no one ever cared about you. <laughs> 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 He's like, so you'll re- there's like a whole nother era where you actually look back and you go, no one actually ever cared to begin with. And you were just, you just thought that everyone cared. And it's so funny. Makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so talk to me about um, what your kids think about you doing your business. Yeah, you know, the business has been, uh, it's been a fun ride. You know, they've watched, well, fun. It's been a ride. It's been all all types of the ride. It's been scary. It's been fun. It's been, you know, nail-biting. It's been everything. And they've gotten to see, I've, you know, I, I think I've buffered a little bit uh, from them, you know, especially early on, you know, where you want them to feel super safe and secure. When well, things not- were tumultuous here, I think I, I probably did buffer a little bit, but yeah, you know, they get to see now, uh, they're, they're really smart and they're very observant. So they get to see, uh, they'll be like, what'd you say about that person, dad? I'd be like, well, I'm just struggling with them as an employee or whatever, you know? So they're, they're like, <laughs> they're in it, you know? So you can't really hide it. You can't really hide things from yeah, them. And, yeah. And it's probably not beneficial to do that, but man, they, they, they treat it like it's their own, to be honest. Um, yeah, they'll often reference like you know our our company. It's our company, or you know they're always asking. Wow. They're always asking as well, like you know. So can I, you know, can I be this role in the company when I grow up? You know, whatever their particular flavor is that they, you know, that they they do well or they want to do. You know, my fifteen year old asked me if she if I thought you know 
managing a cafe and going to high school at the same time would be too much work or if you know i thought she could handle that workload <laughs> yeah so they're super engaged and excited and so we're in a kind of a small town and theory in our small town is uh so we're about a hundred thousand people a little less than a hundred thousand people and it's you know it's a it's a staple in the town and it's something that people look at and say, look what they did. Like, it's super cool and everybody's proud of it. And when people come to town, they want to bring them to theory. And so it, that sort of thing makes my kids super proud to be a part of it. You know, they just feel like at some level, they're a little bit of like local, they, they embrace that little bit of local yeah. celebrity, you know? Yeah. So, so they're feeling it, you know, they like it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's really, really awesome. I love that. And is that like kind of like the goals and, you know, for you, like, where is that like something that you're trying to strive for as a father or is that something that you're trying to strive for as a business person or both? Uh, you know, my whole thing as a, as a business owner is like, I, I would be perfectly happy. Well, I don't know about that. I'd be happy, you know, roasting coffee, you know, mm. just getting, just getting stuck behind the roaster, just looking at the data and being super nerdy and that sort of thing. But I've always felt like my role as a business owner is honestly now shifted to creating opportunities for people, you know? So, so I, I feel the pressure of, you know, my general manager and, you know, my, my cafe managers and anybody that wants to grow with us. Like I want to be able to provide a place where they, you know, they don't just immediately see the ceiling that they're going to hit and that's where it's going to be forever. They know we're continually growing. And so I think about that for my kids too. If they wanted, you know, if they wanted to be a part of, you know, theory in some way other than maybe just like summer job or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I want, I want theory to be a place where they actually could create a career if they wanted to, if they want to do something else, I'm also all for that. But, um, I would want it to be, I do want it to be a place where they, you know, they can see a future for themselves if that's what they want to do so yeah that's really cool man yeah. so it's like um it's like at this stage of your business you're you're looking for different things because do you is it because you're feeling a little bit more um um established as a business owner or is it because you are cha changing the guard as a parent to teenagers and what's what's driving this what's driving this change yeah i think it's a it's both and uh to be honest I think you know winning a couple of these these competitions uh, has given me you know a lot of a lot of um, confidence as a business owner as a, you know as the for the future of of theory. I know that a lot of owners we we live on the edge, right? We live on the edge of like, hey, we've got we've got something good going, but we're also waiting for the shoe to drop, um, and it and that shoe shoe drop feels less ominous now, right? It feels less likely, uh, you know, it could happen. Things could all, whatever could go, could go south really quickly. You never know when that's going to happen, but yeah. Uh, but there's a lot more confidence in what we're doing and that, that there's longevity in it. And so now, uh, now I get to step back a little bit from, you know, just being really aggressive in, in, in what we're doing. And I get to, I get to play a different role. Um, I get to empower people because it's not so fragile anymore. I don't feel like I need to be running around like 
got to do this. You got to take care of that. And, you know, just, you know, my managing really tightly, I now can affect at a different level. And so, um, so, so I've, I, I think I've more or less turned a corner with that. Um, and so, yeah, just also, uh, recently feeling very fortunate for, you know, for the work that we've done in the industry, the position that it's created for us and not feeling like now I need to kind of hold on to my territory. I could be a lot more generous with the knowledge I, I, I've gained along the way. Like, you know, the systems and the operations that, you know, other people are struggling with. And, uh, I could be a little bit more like philanthropic and, and giving. And there's also, you know, you know, it's not completely altruistic. I think when you, when you get to that point in your career and you can start, you know, giving away, giving more to people, you know, adding value to what other people are doing. There's also a value that comes back to you in that, right. you know, in that scenario. So it's, it's a little bit more seeing the long game, seeing the big picture than just feeling like I need to be really territorial and I need to carve out my thing. You know, my thing is carved more or less, you know, there's still work to be done there, but it's not as fragile as it used to be. So allows me yeah. to be more outgoing, more philanthropic, more giving, more generous. So that's awesome, man. That's yeah. really great that you're kind of going through these tides of the business journey and, and feeling um, these changes as you're going. And I'm assuming that has major impact on kind of your now future goals on your business, but is that, has that impacted your future goals for your kids? And as a dad? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great question. And one I, I really love because, yeah, I, you know, I used to do that with the business too, which was, you know, I, I have to get this thing off the ground, which mean, which means I, and I've got to get this into a stable place, which means that there was a lot of sacrifice involved there that, that, that I would, would allow to, you know, a little sad to admit it, but it would, but it, but it would sometimes take priority of time, you know, from my kids. And I'm now actually, I think about it in reverse now, like they're way more of a priority than, you know, the time that I, that I have to show up and put into the business. So, mm. so it's definitely turned a corner, um, in the way that I, you know, the way that my, my relationship is with my kids and the way that I, I view that time. And so now I'm way, I'm way more intentional about pouring in time, being at practices, showing up to games, you know, like just being at the things that matter in their life and, and being a dad that, you know, has an impact on, uh, you know, who they are in the future. So yeah, it has shifted for sure. It's awesome, man. You're doing the thing that everyone uh, is trying to manufacture, but you actually manufactured it. It sounds like, yeah, it's, it's not perfect. It's not perfect, but <laughs> yeah, I'm getting, sure. I'm better. sure it has its warts and bruises, but yeah. the reality is, you were able to grind and hustle and take huge risks. And obviously, yeah. it sounds like you've also gone through a lot of trouble to get here, and it's now allowing you the ability and the mindset and the mind space to actually one, be a little bit more um, generous with your time and knowledge to other people in the industry and professionals, but also as a father to your kids. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, honestly, 
also it's 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 time in like I was in the in the military and we use this like time in service sort of mm-hmm. metric. Mm-hmm. And so it's time in service with you know, with this business too, where you just learn how to work differently. Mm-hmm. And and you learn how to work differently for the reason of, you know, being able to reprioritize things that you've you've had to sacrifice along the way. And so I think that's the stage I'm in, just reprioritizing. And I still get a lot done. It just it's just a different you know, from a different perspective. How does how does your wife, um, Rebecca, think about um the kind of changes that you're making now in lifestyle and in 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 business, because I'm assuming she was a very patient woman for you to embark on a business. I I know because I'm also a business owner, and yeah, it is one of the most riskiest and scariest things to do. I think, especially with the family, and um, uh, I'm assuming just the patience level must be uh. Uh, unbelievable at this moment. <laughs> you're kind of glossing over a lot of trials and tribulations that I'm. I can already oh, fill the gaps on. Dude, she's. I mean, she's a saint. Like, yeah. I mean, I almost blew the whole thing up. You know, opening the first cafe. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so I've. I've. You know. I've had. I've had to change the way that I do things, or else. You know. Yeah. It just, you know, I, I don't think we'd be, we, it's possible we wouldn't, wouldn't even be together. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so something had, something had to change and she was patient. She, she would take the little changes and, and count them as big wins. You know what I mean? Like the I- incremental changes along the way where you just get a little bit better each time at opening a shop and not working 80 hours for, you know, four weeks straight and, you know, it, and then now you're working 60 hours. She's like, that's, you know, it's not perfect. It's not my, it's not what I envisioned for us long-term and we've got to figure out how to do it different, but you're doing better. And so good job, you know? So, yeah. So she's been, she's been incredibly patient with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And supportive. And, and what does she think about um, your kind of uh, mindset shift as it relates to the future and current current shift and the future shift of you being a dad? I mean, she she sees it, and you know, she's still there's still a little bit of you know when I talk because when I talk about growing, there's still a little twitch that happens. You know, <laughs> PTSD. Like, <laughs> and I like a little twitch. Yeah, I'm like it's you know this. This is me. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm still going to do that, but you know, but I'm going to do it better. And so she sees it and, um, you know, and I, and she's really helpful at helping me cause she's different than me. Like she's not, I mean, she's got her own business too, but she's not the same type of driven that I am. You know, she accomplishes things. It seems like a lot more great grace gracefully. And I'm just pretty like, yeah, you know, roll up the sleeves and get it done. But yeah, so she, you know, she's yeah. Anyway, I think, I think to answer that question, like she, she sees, she sees the work that I'm putting in with the kids, and I think it's a relief to her because now she has her own business, and I can go. You know, she used to do everything, pick up the kids, drop them off, like, and now I'm doing. You know, now we're we're she has a partner that she can share that that well, load with, and I think she's super grateful for that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So there's all, there's always been an alignment, uh, even as you guys have gone through these phases. 
Yeah, I think there's been an alignment. Um, you know, it's definitely been my life has been subsidized by by her, if that makes sense. Totally does. My ability to do what, what I do is I couldn't have done, I, I wouldn't be where I was at if she hadn't, you know, just been willing even even sometimes not in it, it's not her favorite thing in the world but willing to pick up the slack willing to you know put in the extra time energy and effort there have been times where you know i think she let it slip one time she somebody was talking about their experience with being a, a single parent and she's like oh i totally i get it you know i understand you're like me too you know and i'm like <laughs> shame dude uh, so she, she's happy, she's happy that things are changing for sure. Yeah. That's a tough one. I, um, I have to, I have to, I'll be, I'll, I'll let, I'll let you off the hook a little bit by uh, relieving some of your pressure on that one. But Amy has made that joker comment a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> so right there with you, but I think it's just like, um, you know, this desire to, you know, create is one thing, you know, but I also think it's like this desire to provide and, and create like, you know, something, some sort of like, I don't know. For me, it's like, it's like, it feeds me personally. Cause I'm like, I like to build and create, but I also like want a certain level of security for my kids. Yeah. And I don't know how to provide that other than using the one skill that I have, which is creating things and building mm -hmm. things. And so it could be a very, a brute force way of thinking about a very sophisticated problem or a nuanced problem. But it's, it's just something that I, I want to do and I want it more than anything. And so I, I don't know, like, how does that, how do you, has that, how does that response make you feel? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Or what do you think about that? Um, I, I certainly resonate with it. Um, and then, and then there's this whole side of it that's like, you know, I don't remember who said it, but it's like, all they really want is you, you know what I mean? Like, all they really want is you like they'll appreciate, you know, they'll appreciate living in, you know, living a, you know, privileged life and being able to do the things that they want to do and, you know, get into the things that be able to deep dive into the things that they want because you've provided the resources for it. But at the end of the day, it does, there's no trade off for, you know, just you, your connection with them. Um, Ultimately, they 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 would rather feel more safe and secure in your arms than know that your bank account is safe and secure. So there's so for me, I'm I'm the same. Where I'm like, I grew up poor. I want to be able to provide more for you, um, but I also have to temper that and balance it out a little bit. And I don't really love the word balance, but also have to hold that in tension with the fact that. You know, there's no amount of money that's going to make up for their true desire, which is, you know, connection with me as their dad. Beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Sam. That was awesome. Let me uh, let me switch gears and bring us home here. I have a um, couple of rapid fire questions I want to ask you, um, and then we'll get you back to roasting the country's greatest coffee. Thanks. <laughs> All right. So if you could give uh, one piece of advice for parents or soon to be parents, what advice would you give them? Uh, I'd say enjoy the ride and the stakes are almost never as high as they feel. 
Um, yeah, especially especially with new parents. You know, the first time your baby's just screaming and crying, like I remember just being like, I will stop the world for this child. <laughs> and they just need a little bit of food. They're just actually just a little bit hungry, you know? They're just a little hungry. That's the way of communicating. So everything feels so amplified and you know, you get you get really I you know, we're over uh, kind of eavesdropping on some some new parents the other day and they were just trying to you know, get everything right and do all the right things and have the right equipment for their kids, you know, and it was just like, you know what, that's cool. I, I mean, put your heart and soul into it, but at the end of the day, the stakes are not as high as they feel. So, yeah. Yeah. And, en- and enjoy and just figure out ways to enjoy, enjoy the ride because every phase, like they progress so quickly through everything. Like just figure out how to be in the moment, appreciate the moment. And also look forward to the next moment. Yeah, it's a really good one. Um, after, uh, what is the most surprising thing that you learned about yourself after becoming a parent? Ooh, most surprising thing I've learned about myself after becoming a parent. Um, I okay, so this is this is an interesting one. Like, um, you know, my. I look at my parents and of course we all are able to see all the things that, you know, we wish they would have done differently. Um, what was surprising to me was to find out how I almost felt like those things that I wished my parents would have done differently were literally a part of my DNA somehow. Like, like without, uh, without a force acting upon me, I would be the exact same person that like my dad was. So just, um, I, I I thought it was really interesting. Just like all these things that I looked at as, Oh, I'm going to do that differently. Uh, how quickly those things like popped up in, in myself, in, you know, in the way that I was parenting my kids. And I was like, okay, well, this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. And I'm actually, not as perfect of a human as I, I, you know, as I, <laughs> as I created my little, how I'm going to, I'm going to be a parent plan. So, so oh, just, yeah. you know, a lot of adapting there. I love the, I love the, uh, uh, vulnerability and self-deprecation uh, about parents. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I find myself fighting myself being like my dad all the time. I'm like, Oh man, I'm, I'm totally doing that thing. And I'm like, yeah. why am I doing that thing? Oh, that's too awesome. Yeah. Well, they're, okay. they're like such, such close relationships and those, those close relationships are way more of a mirror than you ever expect them to be. And you're like, Ooh, oh, yeah, that's actually who I am. Okay. All right. We're, th- we're going to change that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me move on to the next one. All right. Uh, kind of in the same thread. If you can go back and tell yourself one thing before having kids, what would you tell yourself? I think it would be have fun. Um, I found such a value in, you know, just the, the fun times. Like, you know, I, me growing up, you know, I, I felt like dads were kind of the stern, you know, they were the stern ones, the, dis- the disciplinarians, the, you know, uh, I will be respected at all costs kind of mentality. And that's just so... Uh, it's such a, a liability in relationships with your kids. So, you know, uh, having fun and creating memories, I think is 
um, the biggest piece of advice I would, I would give myself, have fun mm -hmm. and create meaningful memories with your kids. I love that, man. That's great. It's really good. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, if you had to say, uh, what your favorite business book is, what would that be? Uh, yeah, the, the one that I think has impacted me the most in the last several years is principles by Ray Dalio. Um, that one was a really challenging, challenging book in a, in just, uh, a, a lot of the concepts I was like, so, so that book and then extreme ownership, those are the two books that I think are probably the, have impacted me the most personally extreme ownership for me. Uh, I know you asked me for one, I'm giving you two because I, I was real good at playing like the blame game, but when you're in business for yourself and you, and you're the owner, like there is no one to blame any longer. So that extreme ownership mentality was huge. Principles by Ray Dalio was great because, um, it changed our culture from a culture that, you know, walked on eggshells to a very open, honest, transparent culture where everybody now could say what they need to say to anybody at any time. And it's created such a, a level of health and safety in our organization that um, I have to look back at that that business and and give it the proper credit uh, for what it for what it did uh, for us as a culture. It's awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah. I haven't, I, haven't, I got to check out that second one for sure. That's great. Okay. And then to bring us home, when you're not roasting uh, the best coffee in the world and being a super fun loving uh, super dad, what does Sam <laughs> do for fun? What's your downtime activities? Uh, playing a lot of pickleball. Nice. Yeah. So, you're so hip. You're so trendy. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, pickleball just uh, spans the gamut, you know, you're out there yeah. with. 19 year olds and you're out there with the 90 year olds so it's like and just like really good community so yeah uh so pickleball uh i'm a big food guy i love i love um you know trying new foods i love cooking uh i love you know tasting uh, being a connoisseur of things so like i'll be a connoisseur of just about anything so could be hot dogs could be whiskey uh you know it could could be um yeah, you you name it, and uh, wine. I love wine, so I just like going down the rabbit hole of flavor yeah. and uh, you know sensory experiences. So oh, that's awesome. So you can find me find me doing something along those lines if I'm not playing pickleball. So your fascination with coffee kind of is transcends the product itself. It's it's more just like you 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 like to go deep into things. Yeah, I like to go deep into things. I I think with coffee, it really opened my eyes to. The fact that everything has, uh, you know, uh, there's a spectrum of quality. And I mean, you, you can name any product. It could be mayonnaise. You know, there's a spectrum of quality. Uh, you could have a mayonnaise that would blow your mind. And if you tried it next to like the one that you've been eating your entire life, you're like, it's just like I, like, I just didn't know, you know. So going down those rabbit you know, those, those, those holes is deep down the rabbit hole. It, yeah. Last thing I was, I, I think last time we were talking, I was telling you about the, the Wagyu hot dogs that I bought when we went camping, <laughs> you know? So it's like, just, just expo so, exploring so excessive. the spectrum of, you know, of quality in different products. Yeah, it's so a, a lot of fun. 
I'm glad that now I know when I'm whenever I look at these things, I'm like, who the hell buys this stuff? Now I know who's buying it. <laughs> like it's so excessive. Like why would they do that? And then now now I know who they're making it for. They're making it for you. You're, yeah. you're their target market. Yeah, I am, and unfortunately, by doing that, I think I've ruined my kids. I don't know. I, they they just can't eat. They can't. They yeah. can't eat chicken nuggets or hot dogs no. anymore. My my aunt, thankfully, she's she's a lovely lady. She took them to their first buffet, and they were like, "What is this stuff?" You know, they're like, they just were just not interested. I used to go to buffets, and I was just going to town, man. They they go to buffets, and they're like, "No, we'll we'll wait for something better." <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, Sam, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to chat with me about your life, your journey, and uh, your family. Uh, It's been very, very enjoyable getting to know you in this way, and I look forward to continuing conversations ongoing. Thank you again for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll talk soon, brother. All right. See you soon. Thank you again for listening to another episode of The Girl Dad Show. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please take a moment to give us a review on your podcast service. These reviews help us grow a lot more than you know. 